Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaternow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. This season, CBS really went heavy into promoting Marianne to get people to watch. But to us Survivor fans, after the first episode, she was one of the most likable contestants ever, the star of the season, and the one to keep an eye on. And then the bitch got the crown. So how did she do it? It's time to talk all things Survivor 42 finale. And joining me on this adventure are Matthew and Chad. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm, I'm alive. I'm here. I was like, you just came back from a vacation, right? I did. I spent seven days in Disney, and I want to go back. You want to go back to Disney? I love well, <laughs> Disney World. Disney World. I am a huge Disney person, so take me back. I, if I if I could win the lottery or Survivor, maybe I would live there for like a month and a half. Wow! I would do it in Walt Disney's it, apartment. Ah, so I I would go uh, resort hopping. I would like spend different. Um, amounts of time in different resorts, some of the big rooms, little rooms. I want the full experience. I'm going to podcast about it. I'll vlog about it. I'll become super famous. Dreams. We can all have dreams, right? <laughs> Personally, I've always wanted them to turn Animal Kingdom into uh, a survivor, uh, you know, recreational area where we can play. Survivor. Honestly, that would be so fun. There are lots of places in this world that could be turned into actual survivor games. I still think the meat rack in Fire Island is the perfect place to play a survivor. Mm-hmm. And by survivor, I mean, don't yeah. catch anything. <laughs> well, happy pride to everybody also. Happy pride. It's, does it, it doesn't feel like pride to me. I don't know about you guys. No, me either. I think I work in nightlife and every night is pride. So this, it just feels like job after job after job and I feel overwhelmed, but you know, we're here and we're prideful and we're sharing the message. It's yeah. true. Drag queens for children. <laughs> oh, now Chad, you've been on the show. We know your history with Survivor. Matthew, what is your entry into Survivor? How did you get into the world of this reality TV show? Well, um, when I was 10 years old, I uh, saw a commercial for Survivor and put it on my uh, shows to tape because at the time we did not have DVR. We, I taped everything onto a VHS tape. Um, and I've literally never missed an episode since. Um, I also, during the pandemic, um, played in a quarantine Survivor League. Um, so we actually played i was in season seven heroes versus no i was in fans favorites and then i was in season 10 heroes versus villains um and i was a you know wrongfully cast as a villain because clearly <laughs> i give off hero energy uh, 
But yeah, I, I really like Survivor as a game. I've auditioned five times. Um, I've gotten pretty far in the process. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe one day I actually will be on the show. Um, I recently met one of the casting directors and I'm trying to date him. <laughs> but I don't know if that's like, you know, the way to go. I feel like that might be the way to not get on the show. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I... You gotta wait until at least after you filmed. Right. Before you date them. You're right. <laughs> um, I am a huge fan of Ozzy. I do follow him on OnlyFans. I don't know if you recently have seen that he is in a... I don't know if this is true that he's in a gay relationship. I don't know if that was like a baiting photo for Pride. But on Twitter, there was a photo of him with another man in a bed. And they was like, see, I'm, I'm with a man. And I was like, oh, is this happening? I, I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be a gay for pay. You never know. It is Pride. Um, but... I'm sure there's a lot of people who have the same fantasy. Yes. Uh, so yeah, my survivors just, Oh, and the other thing um, for my 30th birthday, I actually uh, did a survivor game on the beach for like an entire day. Did you and, win? Um, I did. And I felt bad about it because I, I wrote the game and I was never meant to win. I was ne- I was supposed to get kicked off halfway through and then become a Jeff. Um but funny story, I actually, I make jewelry and I hid one of my necklaces in a box under the ground under a sign that said, under here is a hidden immunity idol. If you, you know, can get it, you know, quickly, then you'll be, have an advantage in the game. And in the mad dash from like down the beach, someone ripped that sign up. And then I didn't remember where the box was. So then for the whole day, <laughs> we were just like digging in the sand, trying to find this necklace that was really far down in the ground um but luckily someone came by with one of those metal detectors and we actually got it out Um, amazing and it was a drag race survivor so it it, there was a lip sync for your life element and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was it was pretty fun i'm gonna do it again uh but yeah i love survivor nice yeah i think i feel like we all have a similar entry point into it where once you pop you don't stop everyone just it's one of those shows where it just doesn't it doesn't die it it feels new and fresh and even when jeff decides to throw all the twists at us at once we're like no but we still watch it but okay so i have a question for both of you because i haven't followed your podcast this season but have you talked about already this new format and whether or not you liked it yeah we, we we've discussed it a little bit obviously having rotating guests there's differing opinions um, I, I'm fine what, as a viewer watching a 26-day format um, because it still gives us this, basically the same amount of episodes and the same amount of content. I don't know how I would feel as a player because I feel like it does rush the game in a way, but it also is is allowing for some exciting um, opportunities. Season 43 is going to be very different because they can't use the same tricks because they've already seen it. Right. I do like the format. I just, this is the first time in my history of watching Survivor that I didn't resonate with many of the characters. Interesting. I I wasn't really a huge fan of this cast. At the beginning, actually, the first episode, I was like, I really like Marianne. And she was Mm -hmm. the only one who I really loved. And then I didn't like her for like maybe five or six episodes. I was like, no, not really down with this edit of her, you know, being the weird kid in school. And, you know, I didn't, I really liked Drea, and then, and I just, it's always, can we ever have a time where, like, the strongest person in the game actually wins? Like, that is my question. Like, the, it feels like... Not anymore. <laughs> you know, 
physically strong, strategically strong, whatever, like those people just always get kicked out. And I feel like it's discouraging for people, you know, like myself, because I would fancy myself that type of player, um, you know, humbly so. Uh, I I want to go, I, it makes me not want to go on the show anymore because I'm like, I would have to change so much of my personality in order to get to the end. And I don't think that's being authentic. That's fair. I mean, it's really interesting because I didn't find Romeo to be a great player, but I resonated with his gameplay where I feel like for me, because my dream, everyone knows is big brother where you lay low, you sleep for a while and then you're like, hi, and you kick everybody off. That's the game I would play. You can't really do it in this format of Survivor, but it still got him to the end, which we'll discuss. Um, so it's really, it's really interesting. The game has evolved over the 42 seasons and yeah, I, I feel like um, we there have been many people who have felt like Jeff wants to make sure the strong players get to the end. And that's right. why the fire making is there and it's never going to go away. And I still am like, can we just go back to the original rules? Um, I don't know. It, it's a, I think it really depends on the makeup of the cast. I mean, Chad, you've played a couple live games before. Um, different scenarios, different themes, uh, sometimes with people you knew, sometimes you didn't. How how do you feel about um, the gameplay and the format? I mean, for this, for the last two seasons with the the shot in the dark dice, I actually just played a game very recently that involved a die that you had one shot to roll before final seven. And you could either get an advantage or a disadvantage or something at the vote. But it was never like a roll it and you're automatically safe kind of situation. And I feel like that, that twist for these last two seasons because it never worked or no one ever got safety from it it just kind of fell flat and was just there like yeah. it was a no-go for me on that one but as far as like navigating and having to play like I've had to switch my gameplay for every single game that I've played because either people recognize me if they've done other games or because this community is so small then they think, oh, this is the kind of way that he plays. So I have to switch it up so that they are, they're kept guessing. And when I do that, then I make it further. If they think that they know what they're like, what I'm going to do, and I go a completely different route, then I send them all home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it really is a fun game of adapt, being able to adapt. And um, I, I, I've always said that if I did get to play any kind of reality show game, I would have a basic idea of how I want to play. But I guarantee you that's not how I'd actually have to play because you never know what's going to be thrown at you. And I think that's what is what we'll get to by the end of this episode where um, we talk at the after show where Lindsay's like, none of us knew what it was going to be like because it was a game of Jumanji. You, anything can be thrown at you, which is exciting. But I feel like every two years, you got to reinvent the wheel at this point, the way that Jeff's going. Yeah. No, I, I fully agree with that. Because with them adding all of these twists and switching it up and doing the filmings of two seasons at once so that they can kind of get all of the content ready, it just leaves this space, this gray area of like knowing what game you're going into. Right. I almost feel like you don't want to be in an odd uh, numbered season anymore. Because you're yeah. the guinea pigs and even number you're going to have to have the fun and the kinks worked out of and all the twists. So we'll see going forward, but let's dive into this episode. Jeff's going to welcome us to the finale of 
42 as he breaks the fourth wall as he walks to the beach and tells us that he thinks anything can happen. Really, he knows what's going to happen. He reminds us that the two weapons still in play are Mike and Marion's idols. They both have to use them with five players left and says in theory that they both make the final four, which in theory, both of them at least get to fire. And in theory, one of them will be in the final three. Thanks for the tease, buddy. Uh, now we're going to go uh, and see why the marketing department was so heavy on the Mike and Marion clips in the promos because... <laughs> that's all we're getting this episode really um and then other players will need the immunity challenge and swaying the other players to get them to stay but two immunity challenges two tribal councils one fire making showdown then reading the votes after the jury and we're going to read them in fiji because hashtag COVID and hashtag we don't care about the pre-jury um i'm still bitter about that i'm still upset especially knowing all my connections to the season are people in the pre-jury whatever it's fine it's fine it's fine it's true. About this like I feel like this, even though this is only like twelve episodes, it felt like those people were very far gone. Mm-hmm. They didn't yeah. really get a lot of time, and I was like, "Who was on the preacher?" Oh yeah, because there was that girl Nina who I really liked. Uh who? Who? Which one? Is that her name? The older Asian woman. Jenny. Jenny. Huh? Jenny. Jenny. Who's Nina? Yeah. <laughs> we've had a lot of ninas there's been a couple ninas who have been older um uh <laughs> well, we're not gonna talk about one of those ninas. um but yeah they're, they're they're so far gone maybe maybe at some point i'll get some of those people that i have connections to on the podcast we'll see but we're gonna return for night 23 at kula kula romeo says that everyone is happy they made it to the final five but they have to head um to a brand new beach and that's no not so smiley or happy they're going to make their way to an opening that will be their place to live for the next three days, but at least they have a machete. I don't like this twist. Remember what no. was it? Um, one of the seasons they had, they were living in that big like bungalow um, uh, with the with Tommy and everything. I was like, you could just like have like a, a put a swing out there. You, there's nothing, no problems. This now they're like, no, no, everything is a struggle. You have to earn it. It's not fun anymore. Yeah, at this point, with three days left, it's like it just doesn't make sense to make them start again when mm-hmm. it's not like a life or death, like immunity. And it doesn't add situation. anything to the episode. No, because the, they're, they're moving into this beach at night, so they're not going to be building anything. We're not going to be seeing Jonathan carrying bamboo or doing anything. Yeah. We're literally just going to see them walking through the forest holding torches because that's all that they can do. But don't you think that this is just the, the producer's way of making sure that they do not sleep and they do not eat and they're in like the worst possible mental condition heading into the last couple of days to raise the paranoia? That's fair. Absolutely. And I, I think you could also do that by stripping them of the luxuries and putting them at one of the other defunct beaches at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, for all we know, they could be sleeping in an actual hotel and we'll never really know the truth. They don't have their luxuries, no tarp, but Marianne is on cloud nine because by voting out Omer, the jury knows that Marianne is here to play. She thinks she has a chance to make it to the end and win, and she hasn't felt like that the entire game. And we're going to hear this phrase all episode long because we need to make sure the audience knows that she does have a chance. (laughs) Romeo wants to know what Omer said to Mike and Jonathan to vote for him, and they are like, no, 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 the plan was always Omer. Mike's going to get defensive. Another trend of this episode but Lindsay didn't know the plan, and Jonathan is going to prove that he is a goon and a jerk, and literally, um, you voted for me. Um, I hate him. I'm just going to say it. I don't like him at all. Well, he came for my girl, and I was not feeling that. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. 
I also like keeping that edit in and that conversation for so long, like literally it was just circling, saying the same thing over and over. Yeah. And I was like, we're just trying to, to pit them against each other even more. Like we've been doing all season. And like, give her credit because if I were on the island with him, I don't think I would have lasted. I might've quit or I might've been expelled for punching him in the face. And by punching him in the face, I mean, bitch slap. Are you uh, uh, team Jonathan or team Lindsay in this moment, Matthew? Um, I've been team Jonathan from the beginning, just because I think he's a very impressive player physically. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I did start to get annoyed with Jonathan near the end. Yeah. I don't feel like he was favorable in his edit. I think that Lindsay definitely came across as being the likable one here. Yeah. Um, he is very condescending, pig-headed and him trying to be righteous as she says if omar was the plan the whole time and she is in his alliance he didn't tell her that so technically he reneged on the alliance as well she's gonna have to kick his ass kiss his ass and grovel to get through the next days but she will very nicely say that she voted for him as omar pinned her against him and he has the audacity to say she's saying it to him in an aggressive way and i was like that's what you find aggressive i fear for the women who have to date him or, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what he likes. Uh, <laughs> T. <laughs> I don't know if you felt this way, but I feel like the reason why Mike and Jonathan, like, really got along was they both serve this Boston Rob energy to me. This, mm-hmm. like, Godfather, you must go my way or then you're dead to me situation. And I feel like yeah. Jonathan, you saw his cracks when, you know, plans didn't go in his direction. And Absolutely. then all of a sudden, like, he didn't know how to rebound. He wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have the ebb and flow that you really need to have in this game. Uh, yeah, he was, he was good until he wasn't. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Romeo is going to tell everyone for the sake of honesty that he has an idol and we will be playing it. This is now going to be the first time that we as the audience are going to hear it. Cue Mike being a little belittling and saying, good for you. Um, Obviously, we need to have this moment in there simply because this is what Romeo is going to hang his final jury speech on. Um, Why do you think the editors didn't show us any of this earlier on? Do you think the editors didn't even think that he was going to get to the end? (laughs) I mean, at this point, they would have known this, but not even showing us like his bad arts and craft skills. Well, I feel like they kept it in because, or like didn't show us prior to this because even the jury was so dismissive of this yeah. play. Yeah. Well, Romeo's there. But, oh, go ahead. Bracelet. Oh, that was it. And yeah. he's, it's always a necklace. Like, why did you make a bracelet? Of course it's fake. Like, there's no way that thing was real. Now, he says he's there by the skin of his teeth and would like to go by the in-case survivor as he is the backup plan in case someone doesn't get voted out. He feels his lie about the idol is his only way to survive the next vote, and he has created his fake community idol. He also says that he sucked at arts and crafts, which means I think we need to question his gayness. Aren't all gays fabulous at arts and crafts? But also, he's not a regular gay. He does work in the pageant world, and he's like, you know, very into aesthetics and training the girls. So, like, why did you not know what to make? Is it just because you didn't have the supplies? Or Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he knows how to use um, some E6000. Yeah, and a hot glue gun. (laughs) All right, the sun rises and the boys are wondering why Lindsay didn't play her idol. Mike will say she was cocky and she's the biggest threat and they have to get her out. Marion and Lindsay chat 
and Marianne will tell her that she wants her to win. She will also reveal that Mike told her that if she is there at five, he'll give her his idol. More on that later. Lindsay will be like, he gave me his word on that too, but she knows if she doesn't win immunity, she's going to go home. We're going to see Mike tell Lindsay that he has an idol in his pocket, and since she kept his promise to her, he might play his idol for her if he's safe. He tells her he won't let her hang. She's going to get emotional. He gives her a hug, and I'm like, roll the tapes during the final tribal because he is a hypocrite. Um, mm-hmm. Tree Milk tells the castaways that there is a riddle about an advantage in the immunity challenge. They have to unscramble the words, and once they have it correct, they can search for the advantage. We've seen this before. Do we like this twist? The the word puzzle? I mean, I love word puzzles. But well, for, to find the advantage. I mean, it adds something else for them to do for the day, other than, like, sit around and mm. get a vague clue. They're like, oh, I've got to work for that vague clue. I don't mind this. I guess... This. I, I guess it's more so for this being such an important immunity challenge. Is it fair to be in this immunity challenge and not in any other challenges? I, I think it's fair. I think anything is fair in this game because there's yeah. anything up. But uh, I know I personally don't like this because when I played Survivor, this is literally what took me out was this exact situation with a word puzzle and I solved it and I got the advantage but I still lost the challenge. Um, I just, I think it was a good, it was pretty easy to solve. I don't know why they were having such a hard time with the puzzle. They were really um, bad. Right. Uh, but I think it was hard to find on the island. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Well, if the, everybody had solved it, like, would they all have known where to go? Because it didn't yeah. seem like pretty obvious. Yeah. So obviously we're going to watch as they're very, very tired, not very good at puzzles. Romeo says he didn't want Mike or Jonathan to get it. Lindsay She's pretty good at world puzzles and will unscramble it and read good fortune is tucked in the toes of the sleeping giant. I would have been with her that I would have immediately went for a tree to be fair. There was some roots like on the rocks and that you could have gone that way, but it was a reach in my mind. It was also a reach because it said in the toes, which would be at the top of that foot. And it was behind it. Whatever. It was underneath it under the heel more like, well, the second Lindsay gets it, it's off to the races, and Mike is like, let's work together. Um, so you're really going to tell me that you're willing to give her the idol, but now you're going to work together to try to make sure she doesn't get the advantage? I see what you're doing here. And again, we're going to see this get called out in the final tribal. Um, Lindsay's going to start running around looking at the roots of the trees. Um, do we know how big this island is? Did it really take her 40 minutes to find this? No, I don't think we do. I don't think I've ever really known how big the islands are because they always switch islands in the middle. Yeah. Are they just on one side of the island and there actually is a way to cross over, you know, when there's two tribes or, I don't know, it seems like it's smaller than normal. Yeah, I I mean, I'm always going to go back to that, uh, I think it was the TikTok from earlier this year where uh, someone accidentally swam up against the um, Survivor Challenge while they were vacationing. Um, so how how big are these um <laughs> production sets really be but yeah i i just can't imagine 40 minutes and it took her that long to find it um but hey who the, you never know until you're really out there i mean if she was only like looking at trees for a long like mm. for a good portion of that yeah like there are a lot of trees and if you're looking at the roots of all of them and digging around them that could 
easily take up a lot of time. Now, let's be honest. I'm going to be honest here. If they did not put that yellow ring around what they call the toe of the sleeping giant, I would never have gotten it. Yeah. No, I would have never seen that. Yeah, good good job for her for finally figuring it out. It felt um, like the production team was like pointing the cameras over there, like, know, no, that's where it is. Like, just here. That's right. always my favorite. Is is I, I will say to listeners, if you're ever going to be on one of these shows, pay attention. If there is a camera on you when you're going on a walk, and suddenly they zoom away from you for a hot second, pay attention to where that camera is going because guarantee it's probably where an idol is. Now, Marianne didn't want to work with the boys, so she's going to try to sandbag them. Um, I don't know how much time has really been, been gone, but eventually, Jonathan's hope that she sucks at looking for things does not come true. Lindsay gets the advantage, and they are still working on the puzzle. Um, she thought she was going to go home, and now this is her way to earn the chance of the Final Four. Marianne is ecstatic, literally going to give her a high five so we know where her loyalties are. Um, but savagery is going on as Lindsay will go balls to the wall to win this immunity, and we're going to see how she does. They're going to come in and see the giant station maze, um, which is a staple on Survivor. For this challenge, they're going to race through a series of obstacles, collecting puzzle pieces along the way. Once they have all the puzzle pieces, they will solve a circular puzzle. First to finish wins immunity, and they will be playing for pasta, garlic bread, meat sauce, cake, Salad and red wine, not sponsored by Olive Garden. <laughs> Listen, I just give me Olive Garden, limited red six and salad. That's all I could have would have been fine with. It feels like the reward prizes are just rude at this point. Like, oh, absolutely. Give them any food the whole season, like if it's just make it worth it. Make them want to. You have to think like if I'm going to compete this hard to win something and then the calories I'm going to eat from that are not as much as I burn to get there. Is it even <laughs> worth competing? <laughs> there. I don't know. I just feel like we need to bring back Outback Steakhouse. I agree. Now, I think I would do fair on this challenge. How would you both do? I think I would have done fairly well, especially mm -hmm. on the... <laughs> the balance aspect of all of the the various stations yeah like getting across all of the different ladders and ropes and all of that um puzzles are a strength of mine but not necessarily 3d puzzles that are standing mm. up so i don't really know how i would have done on that part but i think the first part i would have had pretty quick mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think i would win there it is there it is i think this is my favorite challenge and survivor yeah i always love these maze puzzles because it is an, an equalizer of sorts um because there are going to be some stations that are going to be better for people who have more strength there are going to be some stations that are going to be better for smaller people i think it's a really strong equalizer and obviously we all know the puzzle is, is a make or break and again just like if you're gonna go on drag race you gotta know how to sew you gotta know how to do a puzzle if you're going survivor. just at this point there are people who literally sell the puzzles Go buy one off of Etsy and play it at home. Mm -hmm. They're in my room. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just so fun. All right. Lindsay's going to reveal that Jeff has to, her, to Jeff that he, she has an advantage. For her advantage, she will only have to untie one knot while everyone has to untie six. He essentially tells her that it will get her to the puzzle first and then it's on her. Um, thanks for the boost of confidence, bruh. Um, is this an advantage? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Major. Yeah. Oh, Lindsay, you almost had it, girl. You, you you almost had it. 
we've seen these kinds of advantages where it's basically you win if as long as you don't fuck it up. Well, like it happened with Erica in season yeah. 41, but her mm-hmm. advantage was so huge. Right. Like then all of those additional like steps being ahead was a lot. Right. It's almost like, okay, maybe you want to be on a season 41. So you get the um, oopsie, two big advantages by so one on 42. You're like, well, that's not big anymore. Yeah. All right. The challenge begins and it's off to a fairly even start. Um, Mike will struggle a bit. Romeo is there and Marion is just having a very nice day. Jonathan is just ripping through the knots and the rope obstacle. He is on fire, says Jeff. Now, when it comes to the planks, Jonathan's getting his height advantage, and it's he's not even on his knees. He's able to just rip through it. Lindsay is going to struggle on the planks as she drops one and has to start over. This will literally be the killer seconds of this challenge. Um, what happened? How, what, how did she drop this? I mean, just the coordination of having only two planks and did she go too far because i couldn't it was hard to tell what what the reason it looked like she was doing like just literally one right in front of the other not necessarily taking space between them Mm -hmm. and she just didn't line up the second plank on the the rope the right way or at least that's what it looked like yeah it was hard to tell but damn you're sad Mm -hmm. mm-hmm now before we get to the puzzle, Jonathan and Marianne have a little collision to which Jeff says, that's how you do it on Survivor. Really? Running into a <laughs> little girl? That's how you do it on Survivor? I mean, Not helping Jonathan's edit here. She still had a, a smile on her face. <laughs> she did. She Maybe sure did. she plowed into him. Maybe we don't she, actually maybe. know. Maybe everybody wanted to do that the whole time. <laughs> I mean, after uh, Taku, we know that Jonathan was not having um, happy thoughts with Marianne and her talking was all the time. Jonathan, first of the puzzle, followed by Lindsay. Familiar sight. Will this be the final showdown of this challenge? No. Jonathan's dumb. Um, Mike <laughs> returns with his puzzles, and now it's on. Um we're getting to an identical start with Jonathan and Lindsay. Mike is on their tails, eventually takes over. As the puzzle keeps growing, it's going to be Mike versus Lindsay. Um, and we're going to see that that plank drop was the kiss of death. Um, in the end, Mike ends up winning immunity as Lindsay is literally just seconds behind him. Or is that just what the edit wants to tell us? I really do believe it was seconds. Um, my heart sunk for Lindsay because she very likely would have possibly won the season had she won this challenge. And I think the other four knew that. They all knew it. Yeah. I think they've known that she was too strong to take to the end since before Drea even left. Right. It's interesting, like looking back at the season now, and there have definitely been moments where I was like, why are we not hearing more from Lindsay? Why are we not hearing more from Lindsay? It's because they didn't need to give her a full story arc. Yeah. We got it when we needed it. She had, she was had positive relationships with every single person on the jury. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah. Yeah. She really was like the ultimate winner and she had done, I mean, have you ever seen a female performance that's as strong as hers, not only going toe to toe with Jonathan, but beating him in so many different situations. Like she is arguably one of the strongest female players that's ever played the game. If we really think about it, I, maybe it's recency bias. Maybe it's my love for her. 
I'm going to say she would probably be in the top 10 best players to never win. If she did win. No, to never win. To oh, never win the like, show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. She, she was very strong. Will we see her again? I don't know. It's hard to tell because there are a lot of people of that archetype that were a little more bubblier and better on TV. But I would love to see her again. I think that I would like to see her again to get to know her a little better because I don't think we really got to know her. I agree. Second chance season. Let's do it. Let's vet her on. Mike is guaranteed a spot in the final four and he is guaranteed to at least fire making. He also gets reward and is inviting one person to come with him. And it's Jonathan because hashtag romance. Uh, Marianne, Romeo and Lindsay are going to get nothing but time together at camp. I don't remember. Did we get another shot of Romeo just like eating rice by himself by the fire no i don't, I don't think i don't so. think we saw him eating at all this no, aside he... from like the final three <laughs> and he was when he was like i'm full <laughs> all right we're gonna return to camp and mike and jonathan go on their pasta date and they're very excited they finally have alone time to play footsie together um back at the losers lounge Lindsay is lamenting that she was one puzzle piece away and thinks jonathan was cocky ass for not even finishing the puzzle but watching mike do it the juxtaposition of this moment. We, sometimes we get like one in one, but we're watching both of these scenes happen together. A, Lindsay is angry that Jonathan can gloat about her leaving before him while he's giving a toast about good ships, bad ships, and stupid ass friendships. I'm irked too. I just, he, he, he's not my favorite. And I know some of his exit interviews, some of the interviewers have really made sure he's had to um, be accountable for his actions towards certain cast members, but I still don't like him. It's just like, because he plays that specific chauvinistic archetype, or at least that's the edit that he was given, mm-hmm. especially towards the end, like growing up and not like going head to head against those types of people, you instinctively dislike him. Yeah, He has like up until... I'd say he played a strong beginning half of the game. If he had not like single-handedly won so many of those immunity challenges, then Omar and Marianne and Lindsay, probably all three would have not even made it to the merch sure. at that sure. point. So he played a very strong beginning half of the game, but then as soon as it became individual, it was the all about game was his way through. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, agree necessarily that he was given the traditional chauvinistic archetype i think that they tried to make him a little more of a namaste like peace you know i do yoga on the side but i'm also a bodybuilder type person yeah Um, and also he it was probably one of the first strong archetype players that i've ever heard saying like i know i'm too strong and i cannot win as much as i am like i Mm -hmm. acknowledged it i feel like usually the person is oblivious to like yes you're right you we've definitely seen um those self-absorbed people who uh will go back and watch and be like well i looked like an idiot but at least jonathan owned up to it yeah (laughs) yeah now mike is going to be on a power trip as he has immunity and an idol in his pocket he says he's going to play it for someone and take who he wants to the final four Jonathan and Mike agree that they need to take away their biggest threat, which is Lindsay. Jonathan is convinced the loser lounge is talking about getting rid of him. So he's going to ask Mike to play his idol on him. And Mike is like, of course. So that's now three people he's told he's going to play the idol for. Um, just, just remember that later. I mean, I really wanted there to be an edit where Mike 
made the same deal with Romeo <laughs> just so that he had told all four of them that he was yeah. taking them. Yeah. But I think Mike would never do that. <laughs> I think his pride is that right. was strong enough. He's like, Romeo, I can't do that. No, peace out. Right. Marianne will tell Romeo and Lindsay that he won't be giving his idol to Jonathan. He will give it to her. He's like, yeah, his word means nothing. So good luck thinking you're getting his idol. But Marianne truly thinks Jonathan won't be there. She has faith. Lindsay's pitch is to pitch Mike hard that he'd be breaking his word if he didn't give her his idol. We're going to see them on the beach together. She says to him that she valued his word that if someone shows trust back, he trusts them. She likes, uh, feels like she earned that trust with him. Omer is the one that burned him as she was, as she was honest. Lindsay says that if she leaves, then it makes her feel like it's all a lie. Mike will tell us he sees his own daughter in her, but feels like she got caught up with the wrong place and the wrong people and the wrong time. That's such a delusional dad of philosophy, isn't it? Yeah. Deflecting. Absolutely. I, I mean, yes, I get where he's coming from because up until the Omer vote, Lindsay had really been working with Treya, really been working with High because they had that shared right. thing together. Yeah. But which we never right. saw. Yeah, we never saw that play out. So it was like, like mer, mer. now Mike will say that Jonathan has protected him, so he should protect him. And Marianne has been a good person of character who has kept her word, and that means a lot to him. Mike will tell Lindsay that he in fact did promise Marianne, and Lindsay will get emotional in this moment, but it's hard for her because she's proven herself in so many ways. And because he made a last minute promise to Marianne means everything she did meant shit. He tells her that's not true. He will say he doesn't have his mind made up, but he knows he's going to hurt somebody. I feel like for me, this was the moment he will officially lose Lindsay's vote. We're going to see maybe that's not necessarily true, but there was no <laughs> way she as a competitor can vote for him when she knows he's not a man of his word. Right. He's, if his whole game has been preaching his integrity and how much he's a st like a stickler for sticking to what his word is, and then he goes against something that he's shaken on, it's not going to win over that vote in the end. Right. Yeah, I was going to say that I think this is the moment he lost the game. Yeah, I agree. Now, next up, it's the chat with Marianne. Mike will tell Marianne that Jonathan has never wavered, but he's going to remind Mike um, how Jonathan treats women of the tribe. And honestly, I'm glad they kept this in the edit. Uh, we're not going to sugarcoat how awful he has been to certain people. Um, so I'm glad that Marianne uh, spoke up a little bit. Because again, it's at tw 23 years old. You may, you may not want to be the voice of reason in that moment to someone who's um, mature and um has lived a life and has a best friend who's jonathan i admittedly did fall asleep in this part of the episode <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i watched it twice and the first time i watched it, it was like really late at night the night it happened and then i watched it again the next morning i think this is where i had to fast forward to catch up to where i was so can mm -hmm. you enlighten me as to what actually happened yeah well mike will say to marianne she can beat Lindsay, and she says her mind is maybe she can squeeze it out. She knows that Lindsay is a sitting duck, but she has her idol, which is the only secret. But Mike gave her her, if, but Mike might give her the idol so she can save Lindsay and blindside Jonathan, but that won't necessarily give her the best chance of winning. Meanwhile, Romeo emotionally wants to save Lindsay, but strategically he knows that they have a better shot beating Jonathan. 
Marion knows the jury loves the game Lindsay played, but voting out someone who knows they're going home is not a big move. If she plays her idol on Lindsay and blindsides Jonathan, the jury will know she's a contender, but it will all come down to what Mike does. It will make or break her game. All right, we're at tribal number one, and Jeff wants to know about the morning and has Lindsay walk him through it and how she ultimately is the one who found the advantage, and she makes it clear that she was the only one who found it because the jury needs to know how dumb the other four were. Jonathan says he hasn't felt normal in days, and he tells Mr. Jeff that it took four people to get it, and Mike's like, no, 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 no. We didn't even get it. Don't, don't even try to lie. We, we, we didn't even figure it out. Lindsay felt that the advantage would be helpful if she didn't win. She was going to go home. She was just one puzzle piece short. She says she gets the feeling of going home because she was the only one who didn't know Omer was working them, so she had to do damage control. Jeff thought camp would be fireworks, but Jonathan explains that you never for sure, um, never you're never for sure, but that it's Lindsay. But they recognize that she is a big threat. Marianne has to decide whether she has to vote emotionally on who she wants to see in the end or strategically on who she feels is the best combination of people to have in the end. She wears her heart on the sleeve, but she needs to recognize that she has to play the game for her, so she might have to go back on her word for an alliance, which she says sucks. I feel like Marianne's very good at tribal councils because at least she's admitting she has to do these kinds of things. And maybe it's just the way she says it, if I were being betrayed by Marianne, I'd be like, you know what? That's okay. I'm okay that you betrayed me. That's fine. You, you admitted it at least. Other people, not so much. Yeah. No, she's she's right up there with like some of the strongest people when talking in tribal council. Yes. Because she voices her, like everything is very eloquent and it's very like, it's right on the money with what needs to be done but it's not in a offensive way. Like she's not exactly. literally targeting the person and saying, you're going home. Like, right. Lindsay thinks she was the only one feeling desperate. So that's why it was calm. She had to plead her case. Why she should stay. She says her social game sucks as she was deceived by Omer. And she was the only one. She only has her competitive edge. So fighting against the jury, it's only one note. This is her pitch to say. <laughs> Jonathan will say that's not it as she was very good at communicating with people that who have a bond with her. She's social and everyone loves her. Jeff asks, how do you stop trying? And she says, she's still going to pitch her case even in this moment. Now Jonathan's going to be asked how he feels that the better player you are, the more likely you're able to be taken out. But in theory, the better player usually wins. And I think this is the moment where he realized, wait, I'm not the best player. Yeah. No, sir. No, you're not. Um, he says it's a fine line. If you aren't a great player, then you get to be kept till the end. But if you're looked at it too strong, you're done. What did you think of this moment for Mr. Jonathan? I mean, it summed up his game. Like, seriously, it was Jeff basically saying, or like everyone basically pointing to them, him being like, you thought you were the, this person that was going to steamroll the competition. You didn't. They've kept you because right now you're actually kind of the GOAT. Yeah. anybody could beat you so it's kind of like this flip i just love when jeff does these backhanded compliments and be like you're really good but you're not that good i love it i love it mike will say finding the person or the people you can really trust and work with is how you get to the end you could be a good player and still get to the end as long as no one feels like they have the upper hand 
But Marianne says that many people have played that fine line of aligning with people they think they can beat while you align with them because you think you can beat them. That's why Omer is on the jury. She says if you took Omer to the end, she'd be seen as a goat. This is why when we will see Drea turn to Omer saying that she's playing for his vote. I mean, sort of, but not really. I don't I don't think Marianne was trying to like pitch to Omer in this moment. No. Romeo is going to be asked to give this vote a title, and he calls it the fighter. Whoever it is didn't give up and fought to the end, which he finds admirable. And Lindsay's like, he's talking about me, and I'm cool with that title. If I leave because no one thinks they can beat me, that's the best way to leave. Time to vote. Jeff returns with the urn. Mike will decide that after 21 years, he will play an idol, and that idol is going to go to Marianne. We could add a big move if Marianne wanted to do something, but she does not play her idol meanwhile romeo will toss his fake idol into the fire because that was a moment that was there by a vote of four to one Lindsay is voted out um and shocker Lindsay's vote went to jonathan right move yeah i think she was it was the only other person that potentially could have gotten votes you know mm-hmm. it was her only i mean it's not like she can use her shot in the dark she can't, doesn't have any other advantages right like, gotta do something now, for Marianne, this was obviously, looking back at how it played out, was the right move. Was there a chance you think she was going to play it? Yeah, I do think that there was a chance she was going to play it. I actually wanted to talk about this moment because, you know, playing strategy out, if she did play this idol, for her idol for Lindsay, would she still have won at the end? And I do think that she would have because mm-hmm. I think she ultimately uses, you know, her not playing the idol as her big move in the game. But she could have easily spun it to be like, I also played this here. And Absolutely. Brought my biggest competition with me. You know? I think if that was the case, it would have might have been a very much closer vote. Yeah. Yeah. But if I think final, she still would have beaked it out. If the final three would have been Marianne, Mike, and Lindsay, it would have been a very different split of those votes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, but I still, even, I kind of agree that I still think Marianne would have pulled it out. She probably won by, would have won by like one single vote. It would have been um, a closer vote, but I think she still would have pulled it out. I agree. Like, are we just deciding that Romeo is the permanent throat goat and he's there and he's made it and like that's just what he is? Because, and no one even talks about him. Like I, everybody yeah. just decided we're bringing him because he's not going to win. And I hate, Correct. I personally don't resonate with those characters. I think it's frustrating that they get to the end. Like, especially he didn't even like have a compelling speech, you know, at, he doesn't talk that much at tribal councils. You know, his edit was like, oh, I didn't think I was going to be physical and I wasn't, but I still made it like, okay, cool. Just wait. I'm going to be laying into <laughs> Romeo very, very soon. I have some very fun things to say about him, but I completely agree with you there. Um, yeah, it's day 25. The four left are not the combo I thought would be left standing, but here we are. We're going to head straight to the immunity challenge, and it's going to be another classic. Marianne knows it by the name Simotion. Just going to do a little check-in and see how they're all doing, uh, because... He still misses his uh, talk show. He really wants that talk show back. Um, Mike is saying they're uh, depleted, but big games, big players. That's when you need to reach into everything you have and pull it out. Whatever's left in the tank, you leave on the platform. Romeo says he draws on the inspiration from back home, like his family, the strong, independent women he coaches back home. 
they're looking at him saying to hang in there and he's pushing for what he wants. Final three. Take a drink every time he talks about the women he coaches back home. You'd be drunk by the end of this episode. Um, Jonathan says they've been working hard for this moment. And for him, it comes down to this. He's going to pour everything he has in this game. He's going to give it his all. So if he does get kicked off, then he can say he fought the good fight. Now, Marianne has been vocal sharing emotions. So she is getting pumped up by the sniffles. Hashtag winners at it. She is drawing on knowing that her whole family is watching her do this. And one of her family members is not talking to the rest of the family. So they have not been together and it hurts. But this moment, if they are separate, they're going to be together cheering her on. And Jeff is like, you being on Survivor could bring your family back together. And now Marion is uncontrollable. And I'm like, Mr. Jeff, this is your Emmy push. You might get nominated again. <sighs> but she does want that million dollars. She's here for it. She wants a million dollars. I just love that now that Viacom is in full control of um, Drag Race and 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 <laughs> Survivor, we're seeing very similar things happen, and we're getting those human interest stories. I won't be surprised if Survivor starts getting Emmy nominations again. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff starts pulling out baby photos of each of the four at the end and being like, "What would you say?" Literally, you literally knowing that you've made it this far. I mean, knowing that the, what they submitted this year for the Emmys is episode one of this season with the whole Jackson thing, they're gonna get a lot of sympathy. Um, oh, yeah. though I would love to see a lip sync for your life between RuPaul and Jeff Probst. That's what that's what I'm here for. That's how to determine who wins the Emmy. But is RuPaul gonna bring out her stunt double to actually do everything? <laughs> We have all watched episode one of All Star Seven. Rue can't do two things at once. Can't move the top and the bottom together. It's one or the other. Very sad. Very very sad. All right. Well, she's going to take the emotion, turn it into turn her sorrow and sadness into happiness and passion and drive and do the best she can. Um, they found gold mine with this one. The second she stepped in that casting room or the casting Zoom, they were like, "We found our golden child." But it's all going to come down to this and Jonathan's going to make a sound and they're going to add like this roar edit into it. I was very disturbed by it. <laughs> no, he made that sound. Oh, fully. Okay. Uh, was, they they didn't edit that. That was, he made that sound. Yeah. Uh, so this challenge, one hand will be tied behind their back as they drop a ball down a chute, which will spiral around. They will catch it and drop it again. They will add multiple balls at regular intervals. If the ball drops at any point, they're out. Last person left standing wins immunity and guaranteed a spot in the final three where they can pitch to the jury why they deserve a million dollars plus the decision of who to put in the second seat and forced to make fire. I feel like I would do okay in this challenge. It's probably one of the better ones I would do in. in the How first, about you two? No, not for, oh, we're not getting there yet. We're not going the, the, the yeah, this one. I want to say that I think I would do good in this challenge, but also watching how the no food affected them and this, I was, yeah, I think it is a lot harder than we think. And also like, if you don't time one of those balls properly, you are oh, you're so done. rude. Like, yeah. it is over. I think I would have gone out at like some point either in with the transition to three balls or during the three balls because i would have lost track of which side was coming next yeah i usually go out during the transition to three balls 
All right. Well, this challenge is on and we've seen this before. Um, you can practice it at home with the right resources. But again, I, the elements, it's hard. Mike bobbles and he's literally out with one ball. Never before has this happened. Correct? No. Yeah. Um, bad showing here. Um, and this is, again, obviously there's a lot of things um, left on the editing room floor. If I were Romeo or Marianne, probably Romeo, I would have made sure the jury knew how bad he did in this challenge. Yeah. Now I have a, one other question, though. Did he botch it? Was this strategy? No, he definitely did not botch that. Okay. You sure? Because he, I, I think he knew if he was in fire, he would have been fine. Because he's a firefighter? Not necessarily just because of that, but I think he was very confident in his fire-making skills, as we're going to see very shortly. Yeah. I no, think it, I don't I think... For him. I think at Final Four, everyone is legitimately fighting to not have to take the chance that they're not going to the end. Fair. So I don't think he's botching it. Fair. I think he just fell it, or just... Did better. Yeah, I agree, but I do think that it helped him in the long run because mm-hmm. I feel like similar to Chris on season 38 when he came back and like won the fire <laughs> challenge and that was like his big move because he wasn't in the rest of the game. Like it's similar here with Mike and that he's, you'll see with the fire that ended up being probably one of the reasons why he even got a vote. You know, oh, there was no way Jonathan was going to vote for anybody else. Right. But I just Mike could have murdered someone and Jonathan be like, yeah, you're going to vote. I feel like they were considering him. Like, you yeah. know, that he was that he was definitely number two. Yeah. And yeah. the challenge continues. The second ball is dropped in two balls in motion. Um, the gate really is the challenge here. It all comes down to spacing. And while Mike is watching them play for immunity, Marianne drops with only two balls in play. Um, not really shocked, but again, it's the elements. that's going to get to you. We're going to hear Jeff be like, lots of kids can do this. And then as he views Marianne like crying, he's like, but they've been sleeping and eating. Way to go, Mr. Jeff. Way to cover your ass. <laughs> he's, he's really just laying in on her during these challenges. Very funny. But it's Jonathan versus Romeo. Never would have predicted this. Ever. Ever. We're going to get three balls in the mechanism. A fourth ball goes in. And just as Jonathan drops the ball, the ball falls. He is out. Romeo wins immunity. He's in charge of everything. And I think the editors were like, oh, what? how do we edit the rest of the season now? What, what? Him? Who? It would have been just like Heather winning something. Remember her? Oh, my God. I wanted her to win that fire-making challenge so badly. <laughs> I don't think too. That, like, it's hard to dislike Heather. She was a very just like likable person, even though she was really bad at challenges. Um, Correct. Though apparently a lot of the things she said that didn't make it to air were not so good, but um, that's for post-show conversations. We're going to see an emotional Romeo say he's been at the bottom for so long and shares that he is the in-case player. It's exhausting, but winning feels good, and he's going to tell the young women they can't give up. It's a dream come true for him. I want to see him in action as a pageant coach. I'm really curious to see how he is. Yeah, what do you think his record is? As oh. like how many contestants he has out of one? Yeah, pageant? I don't think it's strong. 
<laughs> Neither do I. Well, it depends on if he's doing like locals only or if he's right. doing like because I feel like he's probably not had any nationals, but I'm maybe sure we'll he's find had out. a national contestant. Who knows? There's probably a way of looking it up right now. Yeah. Well, for the first time in a long time, he has security. This will be his Miss America moment. He has the shiniest dress, the most expensive dress, the most coveted dress. So let's see what he does. He's going to be congratulated, and he is feeling the MVP, Miss Universe, and Prom Queen all combined. So now that Happy Romeo is getting confessional, you can tell that there are some producers coaching him um, because we're going to hear some things that I'm like, that's not coming out of your mouth. That is very artificial. And I feel like you're being uh, force fed some of these words. Yeah. He is elated that he beat Jonathan in the final immunity challenge. I mean, I am too. Um, He needs to be knocked down a peg, but victory for him is vengeance for the horrible tribals where he was dismissed. So he's going to enjoy the power. Mike is going to say that unless Romeo has something to say and his mind is made up, he wants to talk to him first as he has something to say and it's about his personal feelings. Since when does Mike get to decide who gets to talk to Romeo first? He's done it multiple times too. Yeah, It's the dad mode. Yeah, definitely. He's, I don't know. I'm so unenthusiastic about Romeo being here and I'm so upset with him for what he did because like, why would you bring Marianne? You're so, dude, like, she's mm-hmm. the only person, in my opinion, who has a chance at winning besides Mike, and you're going to not put them against each other to knock one of them out? Like, that would have been a good move for him in order right, to right. the final. He should have brought Jonathan because Jonathan has no chance. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike knows that he has to be sent to fire as the consensus is that he is the most dangerous. He is confident he can beat Marianne, but says Jonathan is a different story. Um, who's the consensus here that he's the um, best one to send to fire? Mike will say there is no animosity. He knows he is the right move to send to fire and tells him to think about the other two. If he goes against Jonathan and he beats them, then he has to deal with him and Marianne. But if he does go against Marianne, he only has to deal with one of them. As you said, Mike's pitch, very smart, very strategic. So was this Mike officially saying Jonathan has no chance to win? Yes. <laughs> um, I wish Jonathan could have heard that. Uh, but Romeo believes that Mike and Marianne will be likable, and I suppose that's what Mike is pitching here, but I would have loved to just, just, just I wanted to hear Mike say Jonathan's a flat-out loser. Um, those exact words. That's what we're missing here. But Romeo's going to be weighing everything, so what good would it be to win immunity and end up in third or second place? Up, dude, I hate to break it to you, but that was inevitable. No matter what you did, you were not going to place anywhere else. Yeah. We're going to watch Jonathan try to make a fire with Marianne watching, and she's very encouraging. She knows that her fire making is decent, and she knows that if Mike is great at fire, it could be bad for Jonathan. For her, the best scenario is Mike versus Jonathan in fire. She wants Jonathan and Romeo in the final with her, so she is giving Jonathan all the tips without Mike there. We're going to see Mike and Jonathan go to talk after Mike sees him practicing. And Jonathan knows that no one has seen Mike, the firefighter, make a fire. The two bras are going to talk about how they will give it a fight. And Jonathan's like, you started a lot of fires, don't you? He's like, I don't know. And Jonathan's like, he's been dealing with fire for too long. It's not be a good fire starter. Um, But Mike will smugly tell Jonathan, if Romeo gives him an out not to make fire, take it. Don't lose your spot. Also, Mike says he can beat him. He's just getting in Jonathan's head. It's not going to work. Jonathan feels he's too hyped to, to beat him. Mike goes away for a while, and this is what Romeo wanted. He wanted to spook Mike a little bit. He doesn't know if it's going to go against his buddy or Marianne. 
And now we're going to get a little montage where we will see Mike not do so well. Marianne will try to make fire with Romeo there. We love a little distraction, but Mike wants to put on the top of his resume winning Survivor. Whether he has to make fire or not, he wants to win, and he believes if he does win fire, he will win a million dollars. At least he's confident there. All right, we're at tribal number two. Okay to be wrong sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the jury seemed utterly shocked to see Romeo with the immunity necklace around his neck. Um, and he just gives them a smug look, and I'm like, that's the gayest thing he's done all season. I'm, I'm rooting for it. Because uh, that would totally be me. <laughs> Jeff's going to recap the day before where Lindsay is gone. And now Romeo is the winner of immunity and he is the long shot. Jeff says in life, all you got to do is show up and then you can accomplish things. And I call bullshit, Mr. Jeff. I show up a lot and I still accomplish jack shit. <laughs> I, I agree with him. I, I do think that showing up is half the battle and it, a lot of people don't You're right. you are afraid to actually do things and yeah I, I appreciate romeo for the fact that he went on survivor that is a lot of people <laughs> not say that they did that and he made it to the end he did he survived it's true romeo says he works with people encourages them to be the very best that they can be uh, and for the first time in the game he has to use that advice on himself if you hang out hang on long enough it can happen what a pageant answer now I'm like, okay, now you are a pageant coach. I can definitely see that pageant answer coming out of your mouth. But Marianne is, <laughs> Marianne is feeling like she can vomit as she watches the show of people who do fire at camp and then come to tribal and can't even catch a flame. And yes, Mr. Jeff, she did practice fire. Jonathan is pretty good at making fires, Mr. Jeff. But Mike says the worst kept secret is that he was going to be making fire. Still don't know why he's being so patronizing, but go off fireman making fire. He feels like it will be him and Jonathan and believes that he is the target and that's why the best fire maker is going to go up against him. He's not wrong. I just, his tone is just very, he's, he's, he's very confident. Yes. Everything he says, he's right, but I just don't like him. It's fine. It's fine. Romeo felt like Miss Universe when everyone wanted to talk to him. He said it was not that easy. It was a tennis match in his head and he could be making a million dollar mistake. He's played his game based on his gut feeling and he's going with his gut feeling, which is Marianne will be sitting next to him in the final three, meaning Jonathan and Mike will be, in fact, making fire. Obviously, we discussed maybe not the best decision. I, Matthew, you're right. He, he, there was no way he was going to win once Marianne was sitting next to him. I also think that this was Romeo's like personal struggle getting in the way because he is so like afraid of strong male characters. Yes. Thought throughout the season he never wanted to partner with the boys when they did that boys alliance. And you know, he sees Jonathan and Mike as these men that are gonna beat him. He obviously has trauma about that in the real world, which is why yeah. he works with women and you know, surrounds himself with women. And so he did what was safe to him, but that wasn't the right move for him to win the game. You can't be safe in Survivor. You have to take risk. And that's literally what we've heard about the past two seasons and why how they've mm -hmm. been structured. And he didn't take the risk of going up against, you know, the stronger people. Absolutely. I mean, I, I do resonate a little bit with Romeo because I feel like I would be in a similar mindset of how do I handle myself next to two macho men but again you got to take the risk if you want to get the biscuit so he didn't do it fire making i would fail i know it all right i know it already i can't do it it would never happen i don't even like to use knives like are you fucking kidding me this is not gonna work for me don't it's not gonna happen how would the both of you do 
I've never actually had to do it in any of my games. So I've never made fire without the assistance of like kerosene. Fair, fair. <laughs> so I don't think I would do that well. I mean, granted, you've had days and days of potential practice time to learn how to do it, but mm-hmm. I still don't think I would do that great. Yeah. I do fine because I saved the wine from the spaghetti reward challenge that I just won. <laughs> and I <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, no. um, there it is. I think I'd be okay. I'm not like a very confident fire maker. I think that I, I think I could rise to the occasion, but obviously it's one of those things like the wind always seems to be a factor. Yes. Um, Jonathan will be sitting on the right. Mike is on our left. Did this have a factor? Cause I don't remember the statistics and I know there was for a while depending on where you sat it, it was a big determining factor well um, heather sat on the right and we is. saw how long that her her rope was actually burning mm-hmm. <laughs> is this a case to start um enclosing part of tribal i mean i feel like it would be fair fair to put up a wall that could possibly block but then you're risking the jury not being able to see what's happening or someone not being able to like actually see what everything going up on flames that <laughs> but the hey the rope would burn the rope would in fact burn all right I we're gonna need to change yeah, go ahead challenge. i think that this challenge needs to just be they put two bottles of vodka in front of them and they just drink until they can't drink anymore and the person yeah yeah, very I agree. Queen of the desert. Yeah, I'm here for it. Um, we're gonna watch them both do pretty fairly. It's very even match. How much of this was editing? Again, who really knows? But it seemed like a good battle. Uh, we've definitely seen blowouts before. We've seen some that are like, "Why are you even trying?" Uh, this was good to watch. Mike's gonna get flame first. Now it's maintaining it and getting it to rise. Jonathan get flame, and he's in it to win it. Adds more husk. Mike's going to be adding timber to the flame. Jonathan's trying to build a structure, but in the end, Mike's backyard creation gets the big fire and will win. Is this the outcome you expected? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This, I, I, I knew it. Ever Once they started uh, sprinkling in, well, we haven't seen Mike do fire. You knew that the, that's where the edit was going. Well, just even with the amount of airtime that Mike has had all season, right? it's it would be hard to not see him in that final three. And again, with the promotional materials, everything, every um, little uh, minute-long video before you watch something else on Paramount Plus, it's always been Mike or Marianne. It's always been those two. Well, even the preview of the full season was mostly the two of them. I so that's I didn't get a chance to go back to watching that because um, I want to bring that back up when we get to Survivor Forty Three. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. Was that how the case for Forty Two? I feel like the the preview that they showed from the end of 41 was, I definitely remember Marianne. Yes. And I definitely yeah. remember Mike. And like a little smattering of, of some oh, other yes. people thrown in there. But it was heavily favored on the expressions of Marianne and the like sternness of Mike. Yeah. We're going to chat with Mr. Jeff. Jonathan is defeated, and you can tell his pride is, in fact, bruised. But Mike is happy that he won, and he is happy he won against Jonathan, who is the best fire starter at camp. Glad he's won against someone who wasn't a pushover. 
Uh, this man does realize the people he's referring to are in the same room with him, correct? Or is he just referring to Romeo here? Uh, Who's he calling the pushover? Romeo. Possibly. I don't know. Like I again, maybe it's the lack of food, but I was like, that's really not the thing you want to say before you're talking to a jury to give you money. Well, Jonathan's done, and thank God he was unbearable. And I hope we never see him again, but I think Jeff will bring him back every chance he can. I think they should do a season that's like the cha- a challenge beast season that they bring mm-hmm. back, you know, Joe and Ozzy and Jonathan just to see yep. what really is like the best at the challenges. And speaking of the challenge, you know Jonathan will be on the challenge. It's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Whether it's going to be the Challenge MTV or the Challenge USA. uh, Again, listeners, if you have not seen this cast, it's the most random cast you're possibly ever going to be getting, especially from the Survivor. Um, I'm excited to see Shan because at this point, she's like, fuck the world, I'll do whatever I want. Um, Ben and Sarah getting to a line again is going to be exciting. And I don't care about Danny. I can't believe we're forced to see him again. (laughs) Isn't Tyson on it too? Tyson is there too. I think he just wanted to get out of the house. He was bored. Yeah. He seems like a good dad. Yeah. And then big brother fans, the cookout. If you miss them, they're back. <laughs> All of them. Mostly. It's what? It's like what? Five of them? No, four of them. It's four, it's four of, the of them. I think um, who's missing? Um, the two girls are missing. No, no. It's um, because uh, Tiffany's there. Xavier's there. Um, no, um, who are you missing? Listeners, you can go find it. Go read the article somewhere. We're missing, I think her name might have been Hannah. Yes, Hannah is missing. And, and what was we're it, missing Asa? one of the guys. No, Asa's there. Asa is she? Is oh, I didn't, I, I forgot about her on the show also. Um, anyway, last day, it's time to watch the sunrise one more time. Mike and Marianne talk about, um, the sunrise and Romeo is virtually just sitting there silent. How fitting. Mike knows the game is not over yet, and he has to start thinking about what to say to the jury. He thinks it is in a good spot, right? But is he? It's time to hear the jury speak. I like this segment. I like where the producers are being like, hey, jury, go back to the jungle in your nice clothes and go sit in the ground so we can hear you talk about the finalists. Um, I hope they all got dirty. <laughs> I think I know specifically who you hope got dirty. But ah. um <laughs> now for Mike, High says if he can come out and say that his strategy was to play a man of integrity and to stab you in the back, fantastic. Roxroy says Mike played a good game by disarming and manipulating a lot of people. Jonathan says Mike used his social game to hit the hearts of a lot of players. And Omer needs Mike to own that he was a snake. If he was intentional, he could get his vote. Very interesting to hear those four discuss various parts of Mike because I feel like we're two and two. Omer and High are like, this is what we need. And Roxroy and uh, Jonathan are like, he was incredible. Romance. Yeah, I didn't, but that's, I didn't love those characters. I think Roxroy no. and Jonathan were, you know, they, they just seemed obvious to me. Like mm-hmm. what, they re- what they liked in the other players and how they played the game. I'm happy they didn't get to the end. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's why they liked Jonathan because again, he absolutely was a traditional, strong, you know, survivor player, but not great at puzzles. Um, I don't know. I feel like this tribal was like 
it was good. I mean, Jeff even mentioned it in being like that they were respectful and they all talked, mm-hmm. but it just didn't feel as eventful as it could have been. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to get to see the day 26 breakfast feast and there are in fact Danishes. Um, I think I that's the, the, the moment that I would like, but I think I want to go back to like the early, early days of Survivor where you also do like the, the walk with the torches and then you get to And the you remember day. every single person. That's that... my favorite part because then at least you remember who was on the show. We also labor the rest and like burn their burn everything. Exactly. I love that part. Uh Romeo, who is literally a skeleton now, says if you are wanting to vote for the person who played the best game, give it to him as he was the ultimate underdog. They're going to into the final pageant. He wants the crown and the Miss Survivor Sash. Roxroy says Romeo's strength was the fact that he was weak. He played the game at a weaker level so he could be forgotten. So if that was his strategy, that's brilliant. Was that a backhanded compliment again? Yeah, yeah absolutely it was. Chanel says his game might deserve a little bit more credit and respect because he said, think of me as a goat, take me to the end, and I'll tell exactly why I'm not. Omer says a lot of them want to reward the most aggressive player, but why is it more impressive to be an elephant than a cockroach who's going to survive the apocalypse? And we're going to hear that metaphor again later. Um, so are we basically saying that Romeo is Cher? <laughs> I mean, when it's when it's every single tribal, he's the. It could be him. We're gonna yeah. go ahead and just like throw a couple votes on him. That is actually a compelling story to pe- like to preach to the the jury is that I was yeah. I had votes every round, but I'm still here and you're not. Mm-hmm. Like I did something right to get that next step, and you're and he didn't. I don't feel like he talked that up enough. No, he not at all. About the fact that he never won challenges and that like he still survived even though he was never safe until the final. He didn't talk about the fact that he won the final tribal or the final immunity necklace. Like there was just so many things that he didn't advocate for himself. Yeah. About. Right. And even if he did, it just didn't make the edit because it didn't need to be there for the final result. Right. Well, Marianne is full and they're like, no, eat more pancakes. And I I would have been like, yeah, eat pancakes, please. <laughs> She needs to be honest about her game to be successful. The roller coaster has already moved. She has to raise her hands and scream and show that what she's done for the past 26 days. She has to show she can be herself and show that she can be weird. Come on, weirdos. Hi says people think she was used as a vote and as a pawn, which is why he needs her to articulate what she did to drive the season. Tori is happy for Marianne as she made herself seem like this silly younger girl who can't be taken seriously, but she knows there is a lot more to Marianne than other people are seeing. Lindsay says she was with Marianne from day one, and yet still she has not seen all of the unknown. She had all this potential knowledge, but what did you do with it? Drea says she hopes Marianne sways her. She is a feminist and wants to give a woman some money, but she is also a competitor, and she can, in good faith, give someone money because she likes them. Um, Marianne says that she has done everything on her bucket list aside from win a challenge. And I'm like, wait, can I just call you Electrobionic? <laughs> She never won a challenge. She won the season. How did it work? I know there are two different games. Many challenges don't count. (laughs) Don't count. Farina can't. Give her a crown already. God damn it. I'm so bitter about it. I'm never going to get over it. I'm never going to get the time back from watching that horrible season. Neither am I, but I had so much fun. Farina can't was so good. She was. She really was. I loved her. 
All right, we have one Taku, one Vati, and one Ika. How fitting. It's very rare that we get one of each from in the final tribal. Which, ironically, we got last season, too. Exactly. Yeah. Very weird. All right. This is the final fight, and the three of them are about to surprise the jury. They did it. Tori says her vote is up for grabs. Jonathan wants someone to come in with some beef. High can only expect the ending of the season will be the most unpredictable ever. Chanel is making a decision to change someone's life. Omer wants to know what their move was and how they drove the game. Roxroy wants to be convinced why they deserve his vote. Lindsay wants straight up honesty. And Jaria just wants a fight. We're going to go to tribal and just come tell us there are stages to Survivor. You start at the beginning needing to form a strong tribe. You then go to the individual portion of the game. Then at five, you have to be in the final push where there is the last phase, claim your victory. You're going to convince the people you voted out why you deserve to be the sole survivor. Demand it. Um, I always love final tribals. Jeff wants the jury to hold them accountable and be tough and respectful, which he is confident can exist. But I just got to say, I miss the speeches that really rip people apart. I miss Corinne. I miss Sue Hawk. I miss Reed Kelly. Those are the moments that make great drag mixes. <laughs> Give me more of them. Michael, I don't know if you know this, but if you were on the side of the road and you needed some water, I would not give you a drop of water. I would live. <laughs> Iconic. I mean, we haven't gotten those in so long. I mean, we, I thought for half a second, we might get one with the analogy of the cockroach, but then yeah. he didn't do it. And I was like, um, I know it's a lot to ask for. I know the world has changed. We're trying to be kind to each other, but this is reality TV. I want the drama. Give me the drama, please. Yeah. I think there just wasn't a lot of drama this season. No, there wasn't. Part of the reason why that I don't I love the 26 day element. It's just, I, because everything is so fast, I don't think they even have time to sit and like, hate people <laughs> they, right. you know, there really was one person on this cast that if you probably got to know them really well you'd probably hate them and that her name is tori um but she was gone <laughs> too soon for that to happen could have been gone quicker but um hey it didn't happen uh they got rid of the swati that was so i sweet. really wanted tori to go on a, a like immunity streak just to get there so that there would still be that person causing chaos yeah all right. Well, in this first portion, Omer starts and congratulates all three of them. He says the season was so unpredictable and finds it fitting that these three, who might have been perceived as three unexpected players, are the ones that have made it there. He will bring it back to Darwin's survival of the fittest. It's not always the mighty elephant or the powerful lion that will win. It's the honeybee which causes prosperity in agriculture across the world, or even the cockroach who survives the apocalyptic game. He tells them to show them their survival of the fittest strategy and make them sure that they are deserving to win as their votes are open. Was this just Omer's pitch to get a kid's animal show hosting gig on Discovery Plus? This is just too much. <laughs> um, no. I think they... <laughs> Isn't that what he does for a living? Yeah. And that's why I think like if if, if he was a, a little better on TV, I could see like him swooping in and getting a manager who try to help him make a reel together and try to get some gigs somewhere um, to do some animal show for kids. I'm still surprised that he's not gay. 
<laughs> like I thought he was. His her girlfriend's hot. She is, and I just I don't know why, but there's just something about him that gives me that energy. Um, but no, I don't think he was trying to get a show. I think that he yeah. just wanted to show that he was smarter than everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I don't think he was trying to get a show, but I think it inadvertently might have helped him a little bit. Um, uh, I know we're not in the Survivor days where you go on the show and you automatically leave with an agent, um, but who knows? Maybe in the future. All right. So in the social part of the Q&A, Tori states that her perception of Mike was that he's a man of integrity, honor, and his word means something as he values a handshake. She says that it appears that he does not want to lie or deceive in the game. Her perception of Marianne is that she's bubbly, young, talkative, silly, and goofy, and takes some parts of the game less seriously than others. Her perception of Romeo is that he is quiet and more reserved, scattered with bouts of frantic paranoia. Her question, is that perception accurate? And if not, what is she missing? I think this is a good question. Um, I'm glad she's the one who asked it. Yeah. Mike will say he, she described him pretty well as he's played the game as honorable as he could uh, in a game about deception and backstabbing. He will say the one time he went against his word was to Roxroy, and he apologizes to him. And this is, I really think, was just the start of the kiss of death where he was so unaware yep. of the game he was playing. The one time? Exactly. Now, right. Marianne agrees with most of what she said about her, but does not agree with the fact that she doesn't take the game seriously. She says it was part of her strategy as when they got to the merge, she noticed a trend where if you were young, under 25, and seemed to be strategic, you'd be voted out. She mentions Zach, Swati, and Lydia. And I was like, oh, yeah, Zach, do you think he's asked Marianne out on date yet to get some of her money? No. Why not? Come on, boy. I mean, if you want to talk about gay, I thought that kid was gay. I, mean, I think that was you projecting. Stop it! <laughs> he was just a nerd. He was. All right. She says she pretended that she had no strategy. So when there were fewer people, she could start showing what her strategy was. Romeo says the only negative word she said about him was paranoid and was at a certain point. He went from boss to employee. He said the random votes were done purposely because he didn't want to vote for the person who was going home. He will point out to Chanel, Tori and High, and High will then come in and say that his strategy of throwing hanky votes to route people up. You did that, and it succeeded and proceeded to gaslight him. Was it part of a social game? And Romeo says he didn't gaslight him, and High will specifically say when you asked him about the hinky vote on him during Chanel, and Romeo said he did not do it. Romeo will say that he did gaslight him because he came at him aggressively, and High's like, you did the same. And Romeo will say that he let his feelings get to him, and Romeo, in this moment, just lost all the votes. He says that Dre replaced High with him because he was so good, and High will now thank him for owning it as he respects that he admitted it. But this was the moment Romeo was done. Was it, or was it 10 episodes? I feel like... I mean, I yes, like... but officially in the final tribal, yeah, this was this was done. Yeah. Now, Omar will say that Mike touted around camp about honesty, integrity, and that he's a man of his word. He said the only time he lied was to Roxroy. He asks if he lied to Drea on the beach about going after Romeo to make her feel comfortable. Mike says that he never purposely sacrificed his integrity, but there were times that he had to do things that he didn't want to do. He says he had to protect himself, and that's honor for himself. Now, Chanel will jump in and say, 
doesn't she doesn't hear him owning up to what they're asking. She's going to dig in and ask how many people did he shake their hand, look in their eye and give his word to and did he lie to their face? He will say that one person was Roxroy and everyone he kept his word until they deceived him first. He points out that it was an easy vote for Romeo until High said it was going to be Roxroy and he explained he just told Roxroy he wasn't voting for him. He states that if he was in his alliance and his number one, why didn't he know until 30 minutes prior? High is going to say that Mike shook his hand and blindsided him. He was never deceitful, but Mike will try to backpedal and Lindsay will say then someone else might have lied to you. High is going to tell him that he didn't realize Omer was lying to him the entire game then, and Mike will say that he didn't know High was in an alliance with them, which High will say he told him. Liz is going to break it down and says anyone who's aligned with him is not allowed to talk to other people when that's how he got information to give him, and yet he is allowed to talk to lots of different people and have one-on-ones, and that is where it seems inconsistent. Boom, Lindsay. Made it clear. Mike just can't see it. So High wants to know if this was strategy, and Mike will say yes, and but hurt Jonathan is like, but she just claimed that your game was to be honest and have dignity, which is not what it sounds like. Um, it's going to start to get hot, and then Drea, who you thought was going to be a fire starter, is like, no, y'all, let's settle down. And I was like, that's it, come on. We almost had the fireworks. <laughs> Drea! But that's her energy. Like, she was giving that the whole season. She had, like, ten advantages. No one knew about it. She was very quiet. She wasn't really... She kind of listened and observed more than anybody. And I really appreciated that about her because I feel like usually those types of players are... They ruin their game in a different way. She, um, oh, she forgot she was making good TV. Right. Um, do you think if she didn't settle it down in that moment, would we have gotten a little more heated? And whose advantage that would that have been toward? I think Marianne still would have won, just because yeah. I feel like it's only the only person that's being affected by this whole conversation is Mike. Right. You know? If it, Was yeah, this or, Drea's way to help him? Maybe a little bit. Because at this point, no one knew about the idol. So at this point, I think everyone was still on Mike's side. She will say that she thinks Mike's social game was on point as he was social with everyone. He says that his social game was who he is in real life. He likes people and wants to know what makes them tick. And they all open up their worlds to him and he ate it up. When he talks to people, people like him and would give him information. She respects that his social game is the reason he went, she went home. We're going to move to Omer, who has a question for Marianne. At Taku, he felt her social game put her on the bottom. Did she realize that her sloppy social game put her in danger? And did she do anything to change that later in the game? Um, Omar was a little savage. He he's like, you're sloppy. She will say she understands that and thanks him for pointing it out so she can explain her social game. She didn't realize she was sloppy until the fake merge. When she got comfortable, she played emotionally, and she is someone who loves to tell everyone everything. Lindsay will piggyback on that and ask if there was anyone that she was able to draw in herself for a vote or an alliance. She says she drew in Romeo at Omer's vote. They were working back and forth and they were gung-ho on voting on Omer, so it was time to take him out. Jonathan is like, that's not how she knew. He told Mike to team up with her to take out Omer. She says yes, but they think of it, she thought of it first and she was thinking about whether or not to take him out of five or six. Mike and him talking to her made her decide it had to be six. I think, again, she handled this very well because... Um, 
I don't think she was ever going to get Jonathan's vote. But she had to clarify for everybody that it, what, Jonathan and Mike were not running the game at that moment. Mm-hmm. Watching it back, as the viewers, we knew she was more in charge than um, right. they did. This was a moment where Jonathan didn't want her to be able to take credit for it. She wanted, right. he wanted Mike to be able to take credit for that move. But she, as viewers, we knew she was more integral to that vote. Exactly. Well, Jonathan wants to hear from Romeo about a big social move that he did. And Romeo says his one-on-one conversation person, and that's what he did with each of them. His social move was making social alliances with every single person. Bad bad his answer should have been teaming up with marianne when the two of them were the underdogs and the outsiders and were watching each other's backs that was the strongest alliance that he made in the game but yet he didn't talk about i i I guess in this moment romeo was trying to appeal to everybody and just didn't realize how that was actually unappealing yeah we're going to move on to the physical part of the conversation Roxroy says he noticed this season was all about basic skills, doing physical work, building a shelter, um, identifying plants. What skills did they bring? And I'm like, is this season one? Are we really making this a big part of the show? Who cares? Marianne says she weed palm fronds, so when they were still in that phase, she showed them all how to do it. She made Omer's prayer mat, and she also knew how to scale and gut fish thanks to her family from Kenya. She watched her mom doing it. She can't catch fish, but she will prepare it for you. Very smart. Very very good move here. Mike says his work ethic. He didn't stop moving. He cut bamboo. He got wood. And High says he was the only reason why they had a merged shelter. Romeo says he has never been camping a day in his life. He learned how to swim just to be on Survivor. He's terrified of heights. And now he had to do both in his underwear on national television. But the last challenge, he knew he was going to win. It was the most important immunity challenge because it gave him power. I think he missed the question. <laughs> I think Roxbury he- really wanted to know about camp life. No, I think he, he had a, a pageant moment such as the Americas, <laughs> such as, and yep. didn't know how to like get back on the topic. No, so he just went with trying to boost up his resume. We're going to move over to strategy. Drea says that her vote will be based on game strategy and she wants to know what her big, their biggest move was to get to where they are. Romeo says his game shifted into self-preservation mode. He knew that the people would say that they would just bring Romeo because they thought they could beat him. And he says the first thing he did was create a fake community idol. Whether it worked or didn't, it took attention away from him to not get the vote. Then the last community challenge, he knew he had to win. He got to the final three on his own. Even if he didn't have a fake community idol, he was still going home that vote. I mean, Lindsay was going home, but there was no way she was going to put his, her vote onto Romeo. Right. She knew better. Hi wants to know why he took Marianne to the final three. And he says that he felt she didn't have a strategy. And the best move was to bring someone that was perceived to be playing a similar game. Wow. He's going to eat those words very quickly. But first. Mike says his move was when they got to the merge, he felt high was too strong and was nervous. He was coming for him, organized the blind side of high and worked with Lindsay and Omer to better his strategic game. And I was like, you do realize that everything against honor and integrity and not going against your word, right? Silly man. 
I want to know if he played an emotionally charged game or strategic game. He says both. His emotions got the best of him. He is being told that he's given his word and went against it a lot. And if he's being honest, maybe he didn't play with that much integrity as he thought. But you have to say some stuff that is not true. At seven on, he was playing the game of Survivor that he thought would get him to the end. Now, Dre is really interested in what Marianne has to say because they slept together by the fire and she doesn't know what she did. She says that her one big move that she did was set herself up to be in the final three with multiple combination thanks to Omer's vote. She explains that when she, vote, when she voted out Omer, Mike gave her his word that he would give her his idol at final five and that would guarantee her final four. How was she so sure if Mike backed out on his word? It's because the only secret in the game was kept. After Tori's vote, she found the merge idol. She told no one about it as she whips it out. At the final four, Jonathan, Mike, her, and Romeo, if she won, she was going to the end as she was not going to be making fire. If Mike won, he gave her his word that she would be going to the end. If Romeo won, Romeo was afraid of Mike, so he'd take her to the end. If Jonathan won, he would want to go and have the final big move to take out Mike, and she and Romeo would be at the end. Did you notice this music change in this uh, whole monologue? Yeah. It was very triumphant. Um, yep, that was the moment the season was done, and she won. Yeah. Absolutely. I was very impressed with her here. I agree. I feel like she matured on screen. Literally. It's funny how very similar this tribal council and Erica's tribal council from last season, sure. the way that they articulated their moves, it's like the other people didn't exist. Exactly. And that's what's been interesting because, again, we have seen tribals where the game of final tribal is to attack the other people and make them look bad. None of them did that. No. They, they didn't even mention each other. No. Um, and I like that strategy. I really, really like that way of final. So we're going to get the emotional moment. Chanel will ask about their personal evolution playing the game. What did they learn about themselves? Well, Romeo says the second part of the game, he was holding on by the skin of his teeth. Back home, he would say, screw it. Out here, he couldn't do that. He breaks down and says, out here, he's not just representing him. He didn't want to play from the bottom, but that was the hand he was dealt. He saw an opening from the bottom of people wanting to play with him, and he then had to adapt until the final immunity. He will tell the girls he didn't give up. He's leaving. The game is a free man because he doesn't have to hide even from his religious family back home because he's gay and they won't accept him. He's going to live his life the way he wanted to live since he was 19 and it took him until his 30s to figure it out. And he shouts out high for making him comfortable to do that. Normally, I would be like, this is a beautiful moment. But as a fan of Survivor and gameplay, I was like, why couldn't you say this earlier? Um, but congrats to romeo and i think it's really incredible that he learned this about himself and he feels more comfortable to be himself um i don't i have not followed along i don't know how his life is since returning home um but i can only hope that his family loves and accepts him even if he was a bad player for mike he proved the people that are older still can compete in the game hard and get along with the younger generation. He can still do what he thought he couldn't do anymore. His kids are going to see him compete and succeed, and they can do anything they put their minds to. There are no boundaries to what they can accomplish. And Marianne says she learned that Survivor breaks you down and reveals your insecurities. She learned from the Omer vote that she made her path to the end. 
but there was a chance she could still lose and not know why she started to self-sabotage. She really wanted to bring Lindsay to the end, but she knew she can't beat Lindsay. She wanted to give herself an easy out so she didn't have to feel the rejection of friendship. In her life, someone spread a rumor about her and she lost so many friends and didn't want to feel that again. Who's laughing now? She used to pick push people away so she didn't get hurt first, but to know that she would do it in something she loves too shows that she needs to grow and she is still growing. She reveals that she was so close to playing the idol for Lindsay, but she told herself that she knew she had to take a chance to lose because she deserves the chance to win. She's so smart. What a fucking good tribal this was for her. That was like nail on... Like, I don't know if so any bad. of this was like pre-planned, if she was uh, talking to herself on the beach. If not, <laughs> she is very, very well-spoken. Like, be yeah. a public speaker. Go on college campuses. Talk to people. She is an incredibly inspiring person. Yeah. I think her talent for me was she was able to withhold for a long time, and she kept a lot of this to herself and revealed it at the right moment. Absolutely. Times people play this game and they tell they talk too much and they ultimately ruin their games because of it. I mean, we early on saw her reveal all of her secrets and that was going to be the kiss of death for her, but it didn't happen and she made it to the end and, and she kept that one big secret and that one big secret helped her. Yeah. Jeff's going to say that this is one of the best final travels he can remember. And I'm going to say this is one of the best jury performances from Marianne. Um, I know very different approaches, but for me, I will always say that Todd Herzog, one of the best jury performances as well. Um, again, he was a little more manipulative and pointed, but again, very well-spoken in the way he revealed the way he played. There's a lot of similarities to this tri- final three versus China. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Romeo is very similar to Courtney in a lot yeah. of ways, like physically and the way that they <laughs> dragged along. Um but I don't know if Mike is an Amanda. No, Amanda just sucks at Final Travel. She, the, <laughs> if there wasn't a Final Travel, she could have won. But no, no, no. She, she can't talk. As a pageant queen, she can't talk. Maybe, maybe she needs help from Romeo. Yeah. There's the crossover. It's time to vote. Um, Jonathan asks his pal, uh, Lindsay, if Jeff reads the votes there. And Lindsay's like, ah, no. Silly goose. Um, <laughs> Jeff returns to the urn and says, one more twist. We're reading them right now. By a vote of seven, one to zero, Marion is the winner of Survivor 42. Jonathan was the sole vote for Mike. I'm not surprised here. I actually thought it would be a two six because I thought Roxroy would also vote for Mike. I but... was thinking that, but I think in the end, there was probably also, as we as we saw the race discussion earlier on, I think that moment really warmed him up to Marianne. Yeah. I mean, I'm um, shocked that Romeo didn't win. I just feel like he really had the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Romeo. Um, I hope he got a lot of food afterwards because that not 95 pounds, that's scary. Yes. I don't even know when the last time I was 95 pounds. Wait, fifth grade maybe? I've never been 95 pounds. <laughs> Long time ago. All right. After show, the crew brings out the sign, the champagne, the disgusting pizza, and not the pre jury. Uh, but it's time to chat about the season in the Raw. We'll go through this fairly quickly. But Marianne, 23 years old, winner of Survivor 42. How is she feeling? 
She felt at first she wasn't being asked questions, which was demoralizing. She felt they either knew her story, which is a good thing. They didn't want to know her story, which is a good thing. But the pivotal moment was telling about the idol. She knew she didn't play a strategic game, but she was not just there to experience it, but play. She says she can't believe she's the 40th winner of the show. And Jeff just needs to clarify for the newbies that there were two people who won twice. Do you think we'll ever get a third? Player that'll win twice? Yeah. Um. I mean, if they do another Winners at War season. Well, How long do we have to wait I don't think they have to do another Winners at War season. I think it's possible that they could just bring back a winner and put them on a regular season. I mean, they've done you know, things like that before. Who um, would you want to see win again? Because I, I, obviously I'm very vocal. I want Todd Herzog back on my TV. Um. I want I wanted Sophie or Kim to win on the all mm-hmm. on the winners. So I think, I think they played very strong games, and I I love Parvati. <laughs> I mean, there's just people that I love um, that I want to come back. Um, Tony already won twice, so we don't need him again. Um, even though he's there's there's some people that I was like a little shocked weren't on Winners at War. Like I honestly thought Tina and I thought Bazepia would both be there. Yep. And when they weren't, I was kind of like, uh, we need to do another season where we bring some of the older people back, please. Earl! But Tina and Vesepia are both in their, like, in their 70s now. Yeah, but they could still win. They're great social Vesepia's players. Vesepia's not that old. Tina is, Vesepia, I think, is a little, <laughs> I think she's probably 50s. But they're, I don't know. I just feel like Tina, she can't play anymore. It's probably a health reason. Maybe. Well, essentially everyone came into the final travel undecided. Hi, despite his feminist shirt, was undecided. He said that they didn't work together for a large part of the game and they all came in wanting to know what Marianne's strategy was. They wanted to give her a chance to explain herself and she did so eloquently. Drea says they knew Mike had played the game since day one and she wanted to give Marianne the hard questions so she could explain in detail. So who was leaning toward Mike and was swayed toward Marianne? We're going to learn that it was Drea, Lindsay, Roxroy, Tori, and Omer. I'm a little surprised by Tori. Leaning towards That's, Mike? Yeah. I don't know if I be- fully believe that. Well, she likes daddies, and I think that she probably had, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, with with her question being on the perceptions that they were, that she had of each of them, if her, yeah. if her genuine perception was that Marianne was playing it as if she didn't really care, then I could see her leaning more towards Mike because of that. Homer says for him, it was two factors. Mike played a more strategic game and was looking for Mike to admit he was playing to win the whole time. And he didn't get that with Marianne. He was tight with her from the start, but he never saw the execution until the idol was shown. Mike lost it and Marianne snatched it at the very end. Uh, Jeff wants to know how Mike feels, even though he did all the iconic moments. He lived the dream. He played the hardest he could and says that Marianne earned it after hearing her story. No animosity. I think Mike took this very well. I think Mike went in there really thinking he was going to win. And once the jury was like, you are not the player that you thought you were. I think he accepted defeat. Yeah, I think him not like really owning all of his moves. Like talking about what got him there and the resume that he built like us not seeing that he may have and it may have like hit the cutting room floor but like not talking about like like building or the fire making challenge is such a like toss-up moment 
that he right. could have not been there if like if the wind would have kept going the right direction and the size of that fire could have actually just burnt over to Jonathan so who knows but he didn't play up and talk about them enough and I feel like that also lost it for him absolutely well Jeff reminds Romeo that it's hard to get no votes but he says he wasn't there for a million dollars he came to see if he could make it to the end of Survivor and he did that he's leaving with life experience blah 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 blah. he can be free and live the life that he wants to blah 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 really you came not wanting to win a million dollars he still won a hundred thousand dollars like i'm sorry did he though? the third place person second place gets what like 400 something and the third place gets like 75 or 100 so he still won money he still won drag race let's just get <laughs> <laughs> right um oh. now Lindsay, Dre, and I are reminded of their marooning challenge moment. We learned that Lindsay was persuaded into saying yes. She found it worse than good and hoped that they didn't blow up their game and blow up hers in the process, but they wanted to work together and not go after each other. For her, it was a huge respect level, and that twist was not something she expected. Jeff notes that the theme for both season 41 and 42, as they were filmed back-to-back, was fun. With the blood and the mud, they came back looking like they were coming back from war and just really went in and said, they're going to give it their all. If you were in that moment of the three of them were in with the mud and the blood and all that stuff, would you have gone as deep as uh, high Andrea did? As like how much they were covered? Yes. More, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be realistic. Right. It did. It didn't seem realistic because, like, it was just like in one spot. And also, it, look at the blood color. It looks fake. Come yeah. on, people. Um, though Lydia did not realize that she really thought that was real. Yeah. Dre's advantage included an idol, extra vote, shot in the dark, knowledge is power, amulet. She put all of her advantages in a left sock, tied it three times, put it in the left leg of her blue tights, tied it so no one would know it was there. And if someone did go through it, they would. She would know that they went through her advantages. Good strategy, and who's going to be copying this in the future? Me. Same. <laughs> um, yeah, I really think, again, listeners, if you're ever going to go play the game, when you, the production team says, what do you want to wear? You send them cargo pants. You send them things with lots of pockets. You Zippers. You really go in, do the research, and see what works for people. It needs to be cargo pants with the removable legs. So that way yes. you can shorts and pants in one Exactly. Um, or do the Jada Essence Hall and have uh, backpacks on your dress. Why is it, Why is that Jada, Jada Essence Hall when it's really the Candy Muse? That's true. It's true because Jada looked better. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the team. Um, so who didn't pick up on Marianne's funny phrases? A few people apparently, but it's because <laughs> she sold it. I will say it. She sold it. She did very well. But Roxroy will admit he didn't know about any of the three phrases. He just says he wasn't paying attention. And the second time Marion said it, it, it was just a phrase. He was focused on other things. Are they going to be able to do this again? No, they can't. They honestly can't. Because what's going to happen now is if I were going on 43, I would purposely say a secret phrase yeah. or something really stupid. Right. Um, it's broken. If they do try to do it, I'm not going to be happy. I really am not going to be happy. I feel like we've gotten to a point in Survivor, and I'm just going to say it, that there might be too many advantages. Oh, we're fully there. Oh, we're very much <laughs> there. Oh, we're fully there. I'm very vocal about it. Like, I'm not saying go back to season one. I'm yeah. saying let's pare it down a little bit. 
when you get to a final five and there are still two immunity idols that could yeah. be played in the game, like that's that's I even mean, like almost too much. I mean, even just the fact that Drea had like five advantages at any point that were all different. You know, it's not like right. right. Three idols. I mean, the, this next part, Jeff loves to do or die. I do not. Um, Lindsay says while she did enjoy saying it was a cool part, uh, would she have been okay if she had died? With the twist, yes. With the gamble, she made no. But we're now going to learn that Lindsay, which we kind of knew, was slated to be on Survivor 41, but tested positive for COVID and could not come out. Um, Jeff will say that he is was she sad who for Tiffany her. replaced? Yes. Oh. Yes. My God. Makes sense, right? Oh you my put, gosh! Yeah. Jew for Jew. Literally. I. Oh my God. I mean, I'm yeah. glad that Lindsay still got to play. It's funny then that Lindsay and Tiffany are both two of my favorites from the last two seasons. <laughs> right. I don't know how <laughs> Lindsay would have done in Tiffany's spot. I don't think that no. I would have meshed. I no. don't know what her and Xander would have done. That would have been weird. Um, but. It all worked out uh, in everyone's favor here. But when Jeff said that he was sad for her, he had mentioned season 43, but she's like, no, season 42. So I guess that was how the ball got rolling. We're going to discuss the impact of no rice. And Chanel said, you would be crazy if you couldn't eat for 11 days. It impacts your body and makes the game harder. But Jonathan is discussing the impact of having smaller tribes and not being able to hide. He was a bigger guy and already felt he couldn't hide. And the odds were more ever than ever in his favor that he could have been voted off. But lucky for him, he could single-handedly do a team tribal council, a team uh, tribal challenge. Good for him. Omar's going to discuss the journey included the possibility of risks being taken as well as the shot in the dark, resulting in third or fourth targets going home. Remember, Jenny... Um, he says you always have been thinking and anticipating what other people are doing. Mike says the game is riskier than it's been, and he was fine with the beware um, when he opened it, but then he didn't want it. Not having a vote meant you had to tell someone because if you had a split vote, you were going to have to be exposed immediately, which happened at the vote. Again, remember, Jenny, um, this is when I want the jury, the pre-jury there. Give her a, a moment because we're never going to remember in a month. Yeah. Lindsay says she loved the riskier game. It was difficult at the beginning due to the predictability of the original 40 seasons, but they are all experiencing a new game together that none of them are aware of. It's like being in a game of Jumanji. Now, I have not seen the new Jumanji movies. Um, are they any good? Has anyone seen them before? The ones that I've, not, no. I've seen bits and pieces. Oh, man. Well, I always loved the original Jumanji. As a kid, I was like, I want to be in it. I love that. I love Kirsten Dunst. I love mm -hmm. Robin. Like those, that movie was it. And BB Newworth, she was great. Yeah, I love it. Marion is asked about a man um, about managing emotions in the game. She learned that you have to validate your feelings when it is raining. You feel bad that you're feeling bad, but it's okay to feel that way because it's part of the experience. She can say she survived it. And there are a lot of people who quit because of the rain in the past that are listening to her, being like, "Well, shit." <laughs> <laughs> Tori said she would take heat and would get pushed back, but she cried more than she thought she would. Her family thought she would go out there and be too emotional, but she cried because you don't understand what's happening until you're there. Emotions are her biggest strength and her greatest weakness. She talks about being a therapist. And still, I say, if she was your therapist, I would leave her immediately. All right. 
Everyone admits that they did have an emotional cry, and Omer, who apparently never cries in real life, uh, says you do because you're stripped to the core with no comfort, your emotion support is gone, and you have nothing but time to think of the painful memories that come sweeping back. And I feel like that was the reason that I would say, okay, maybe I don't want to do Survivor. I have too much trauma to go back into. (laughs) And then you're exhausted and you're sunburnt and you have no sleep. Listen, um, I, I took my pride photo in Disney with my tank top on and I got super sunburnt and I'm still dealing with the effects right now. Uh, So yeah, I understand the sunburnt part. Jeff's take Andrea is hard, but she's got a big heart. She had moments on the island. She cried at night, but barely slept. It was very hard for her. And again, back to Omar's animal planet. He's going to be asked to describe the final three using animals because this is why the pre-jury is not here, apparently. Um, He says Marianne is the Amazon parrot because they're singing, laughing, and being cheery. And he will say that they have the intelligence of a toddler, which is not an insult. But if you saw high in uh, Andrea's face, like, what? Um, He says for a bird, that's pretty good. At least she took it well. If I was told I have intelligence of a toddler, I'm not sure I'd be so happy. I mean, at that point, you've already won. So anything right. bad somebody has to say, she can still be like, well, I beat you. So <laughs> right. fuck off. For, for Romeo, he was reminded of a fledgling bird who was leaving the nest and falls and breaks its wing and has to be taken in and watch it grow. And Mike is a koala bear. Strong, solid, eats the same thing every day. A little cuddly, but those claws you don't see coming until you get blindsided. But ultimately, he has a good heart. What animal would you both be? Um, depends on my game, really. All right, so the one that just aired where you didn't win, and I'm really sad you didn't win, what would you be? Um, I would say for that game... I was definitely a giraffe. I stood out too much. Okay. All right. I was an easy target because they all thought they couldn't. I was the Lindsay of that game. They all thought they couldn't beat me. Yeah. Matthew, what would you be what, for your online game over you? Um, both times I had the same thing. I was voted off the person before the jury and they, in both final tribals, they said it's because they knew they couldn't beat me in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I, I served like a panther energy okay hear it like it's like strong but still like slinky love it so let's talk to the final three one last time how are they feeling romeo is proud of himself he came for the experience he got as far as anyone could in the game he loves them and wants to hang out with them um and he says the comparison from omar is accurate but in the game of life he won mike is good with this Good things will happen with this money for Marianne. He doesn't need the money. He has his fiance and his kids. She's a young girl sitting out, and he knows that good things will happen. He's extremely fine. And he likes everyone on the cast. Jeff didn't expect how good Marianne would be at the game. He finds her an impressive winner. So how does she feel? It feels like it's not happening. She knew she'd be on the show. She didn't think she would be going to win. She had thought about her jury outfits, and it wasn't until the day before she was out there it changed. Even playing a sloppy game, according to the jury, she pulled it out and she feels like she's dreaming. All right, last thing. Preview for Survivor 43. Still no subtitle, but I'm going to give you one shortly. Um, anything stand out to you? Uh, anyone to keep an eye on? We got Duke gang member, Peg Leg, Rainbow Dreadlocks, Bitch with a Machete, who um, there's nothing she wouldn't do. Who do we like here? 
I cannot believe you just called her pig leg. Um, right. I was like, oh, oh, man. I am excited to see the gang member. It's the only one that really stuck out to me. I feel like that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Like someone who does have like the paranoia from jail, like probably like will come into play here. Um, yeah. I also, it is interesting to, for them to have someone with one limb. I think that they've talked about that before in some pre. Yeah. We, we had uh, uh, Julia, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was an amputee. What season was that? Um, fans were his favorite too. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that was the season. She was pre-jury, so yeah. Later on, it was like in what? Yeah, th- in the thirties. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Yeah, I think it's. We'll see if that person can get far in the game. Um, I just want to know what the new twists are going to be and like how they're going to approach. You know the game after these first two seasons of mm-hmm. the new generation of Survivor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't think of it as season 41. Think of it as season one. <laughs> Don't oh, think of it as season 43. Think of it as season one. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Uh, any Anything stand out to you? Um, I mean, I like the Rainbow Dreads hair. Mm-hmm. I, was that like, was I loved that. Those were beautiful. Um, I also think it's funny that they've cast another psychologist psychiatrist who blatantly says i tell people what like what to do and i'm like that's not how you are a psychiatrist or psychologist no, not, <laughs> at all. not at all you don't you don't force your beliefs on them that's not what you're supposed to be there for so that'll be an interesting dynamic all right um, so yeah go ahead but i'm also like looking up what i'm finding about it is it only 15 players yeah I thought, I thought it was 18 maybe maybe i'm wrong they've really only showcased 15 so i'm like are they bringing three people back because i feel like because i feel Survivor like Reddit, tell us i don't know we'll find out um all right so the logo we're back to 43 but there there there, there there's a sea animal on it and here is what we're going to call it or at least what i'll be calling it all season long not survivor 43 Survivor Squid Games. <laughs> and honestly, if we play Squid Games on Survivor, I am here for it. Let's get dirty. I'm not saying kill anyone, but let's get them to that point. Um, let, let's go far. Let's make these challenges harder. If you're going to go hard, let's do it. But yes, listeners, we will be calling it Survivor Squid Games oh, simply God. for that logo. Love it. <sighs> All right. I got some burning questions to wrap this up. What is Marianne's legacy? turning the idea around of what a goat is like I go mm-hmm. because I feel like she was the goat for most of the season until yeah. the, you know last few episodes um and I think her legacy is also proving that young people can win yes they can even though I'm not young anymore and she's also um got the distinct honor of being the 11th I think I read person to ever win survivor without winning a single individual immunity wow Good for her. So, this is a harder question. Um, Where would you place Marianne in the winner rankings? Um, It's hard because likability is one thing, but gameplay is another. She's in the bottom twenty for me. I think so. I feel like she, like I think she's more mid range for me, not necessarily 
bottom bottom but like i think maybe it's gonna be hard to place her uh, yeah she's a very specific gameplay i just feel like coming off of the all winners season all of those players are so good and like if i think about what i have cast marianne on that season i wouldn't have because i don't think that she would have made it and marianne Um, you would actually literally bring it to go to the end of that game right so I just think that she's strong and she did what well, she got lucky with the group of people she was with. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if she would have fared the same with a different uh, makeup of people. Right. Right. Now, 40... Like if she, if she had been on 41, no. may not have gotten very no. far at all. No, 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 no. That would not have worked. Um, all right. 42 seasons in. Where did this season 42 rank? Nah. Um, I mean, there were likable people, yes, but all of the twists and like this, the sloppy gameplay from a lot of people was just, I would say that I would put in like the lower half mm-hmm. of seasons. I agree. I agree. And who would you like to see? 41 was good. Right. Yeah. And I think that 42 was they tried to do the same things, but maybe because it wasn't as fresh to us this time. Um, I just feel like there wasn't enough. Like it felt overly produced. Yeah. And who would you like to see return for returning player season? Give me three wants, not three definites. Three wants. Yes. Um. Jenny. Okay. Um, hi, mm-hmm. and Omer. All right, and they have to be from this season. Yes, from this season. Oh, okay. Um, I agree. Hi for sure. Drea for sure. And I mean, Drea did win the Sia money, so um. Mm-hmm. Fan favorite. Give it up for fan favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say those two and Omer. I or Lindsay. I'm Lindsay High, and I'm going to say because I think she's done dirty by Mike Lydia on her back. Oh, I did like Lydia too. She's fun, uh, and she's so name. good on social media. If you, she's very funny. Um, Is her name Chlamydia. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, where can we find you both on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug this Pride season? Um, Chad, let's start with you. Oh, well, Twinkie Boons is in full effect this Pride season. I've got shows with members only Boylesque, as well as Books and Burlesque, uh, Pride events with Queer Social, and Broadway Bears coming up. So all of the things. Um, you can find me on social media at Twinkie Boots. All one word. So basically you're saying the month of June, everyone can see your butt. I mean, that's a given on all my socials, but <laughs> it's fine. Matthew. Um, so I am at Crump Master Crump on Instagram and TikTok. I also go by my drag name, which is Linda Recessionista. And you can see Linda Recessionista performing at Bears in Space if you're in the LA area this Sunday um, at six o'clock, one of the best parties in LA. Um, I have a bunch of projects coming up. I have a couple of movies coming out. So just follow me on Instagram and, uh, you know, check out the projects and 
all of my Venmo PayPal information is linked in my link tree. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you both for being here. Survivor Squid Games is coming up um, and you will both be back for re recaps of that. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for having us. Bye. Bye. A huge thanks to Matthew and Chad for coming on. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocksock to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm -hmm.